Would you like to improve at using one of the most powerful marketing tools in the commercial roofing industry? Well, you're going to learn a lot from this show. I'm Daniel Laxtons, and I'm a 30-year vet in the commercial roofing industry, and I am your personal commercial roofing guru. Today, I have Micah Hackney on the show. I interview Micah Hackney, who has been in the roofing industry for 10 years, and he's really good at cold calling. That's his specialty. So we're going to interview Micah. But before we get into that interview, I'd like to set an attention for today. So what sort of intention should we do that would go along with cold calling? Well, the intention of today is everybody likes me. Everybody likes me. So if you hold that intention when you're knocking on a door and talking to someone you've never met before, hold the thought that these people, everyone likes me. And what happens is it makes you relax and you feel like, yeah, yeah. If you start to believe that people like you, then you're going to act in that way and your results are going to skyrocket. So let's hold that intention. So now let's get into the interview with Micah Hackney. So Micah, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. So you've been around the roofing industry for years now. It seems like, let's see here, you, you worked with our company for six years. Uh, you've actually worked on crews, uh, commercial roofing crews. You've... Um, yeah, absolutely. Also, worked done for storm chasing. Storm chaser, yes, been there. <laughs> and lastly, you actually worked for one of the largest, no, the largest residential roofing companies in the whole country. Yes, correct. I've been a lot of ins and outs of the roofing game for sure. <laughs> yeah. So what we're, we, the audience today, really want to know about is cold calling. Cold calling. So <laughs> I think you. You've learned a lot about cold calling over the years, haven't you? Absolutely. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but is it important? It's very important and crucial uh, to, to grow a successful business. And once you develop uh, your skill set, it can actually be kind of a fun numbers game. A lot of fun. Exciting if they get into that mindset. So how do they develop a mindset to make things less stressful or concerned or worry? Well, I think it comes down to, uh, Daniel, it's definitely uh, as far as your routine and your day-to-day -day life, because all that it does impact your co-calling um, effectiveness. So once you develop uh, your, your positive routine in your daily life, it can translate um, to your uh, working environment as well. And uh, when you're going door-to-door, -door, going business-to-business, -business, or even telemarketing, because with that mindset and attitude, then uh, you can be able to get the numbers and, and achieve your goals that you're set. Exactly. So say people haven't gotten used to cold calling yet, how do you get over that first hump, the, the very first door, you know, because I was like, rejection. First door is the hardest. I'm scared <laughs> of rejection. Can't be scared of rejection. But, you know, after a while, you're, you know, those, those breeds kind of go away. For one, you get rejected so much. It's just an aspect of co-calling. You're just yeah. going to happen. But when you realize that um, there's a certain level of success that does come with, with co-calling, um, you can make a lot of money. Um, you can get a lot of get maintain a lot of clients relationships that can be life lasting even with business owners, and so once you understand that you get on the field, yeah, I'm gonna be rejected. But once you can understand that it could be one out of four that say yes, that 25 says 25 percent success rate is very good. Yeah. So you said 25, so one out of four. So basically, 
that person that's going out there starting, they get their first rejection, they go out and get another rejection. After a while, you start to feel, oh, that's not no big deal. What do you do with a rejection? What do you, what do you get when you get a, a no? Well, when you get a no, you need to understand that's a good thing. Because a lot of times, they won't talk to you at all, slam the door, hang up on you. So when you get that first no, you have to understand that now your objective is to find, okay, here's the no, but let me find why. And how you do that is when you get your first no, you don't immediately ask why or have a rebuttal. It's because they're going to tell you some bullshit. <laughs> so when you get that first no, you need to overcome that objection um, by, uh, by really just talking to them and lowering their resistance. So once you figure out how to lower the resistance of them, then the truth kind of comes out of why they're not trying to go forward with that project at that point. Well, how do you lower resistance in someone? Well, really just get to know them. So, you know, like, you know, be yourself. Use your personality. If you're in sales, you have a great personality. I know you do. <laughs> so when you're, there the, when you're there with that person, uh, when you find out no, you know, be like, hey, uh, no worries, completely understand where you're coming from. So that way they, you know, they can put yourself in their shoes. And then you kind of introduce yourself, get to know them, ask them about their business, you know, whatever it is, act super interested in it. You know, a lot of businesses are interesting. You'd be like, wow, you know, like, um, you know, you guys, uh, I don't know, you know, manufacture plastic caps for some random uh, clothing store or something like that. You know, like, like everybody has wow. a crazy business. And you're like, you're making, and, making a million dollars a year. I mean, it is interesting. one little small item. Exactly. Them. I mean, every time I go into business, I'm like, dude, wow. Like, so why is this a business? So why is their building so big? How are they making this money? Because, like, you don't ever think about that. Because, you know, every industry has their own ins and outs and their own clicks. And, um, and the only reasons why you would like it. And so, it, I mean, it's just generally interesting to me to talk to a business owner and get to know more about their industry. And they're ex super grateful and thankful that someone's asking them those questions. You yeah. Know? It, would you say that what percentage of the people that you talked with were the, the actual owner of the business or were they the, uh, I don't know, I mean, the person that makes the decisions? Who, who decision do you maker. So that's the hard, you know, that's the hard part with the commercial business, but also the easy part. Because, like, you never go, it's very rare you walk in and just talk to the owner. You know, like, that guy is, you know, out in Maui somewhere. You know, chilling. <laughs> so, but you are able, to, but the thing is you're able to have great conversations even with the secretary or, or the manager of the building. And so even if you walk in and you're like, oh, well, this, you know, this guy's not a decision maker and I'm wasting my time, you know, it'd be good to at least have good practice and you can go through your whole pitch with them. So I think it's very important even before you talk to the full-on manager is to practice and deliver your whole pitch effectively even to the person that's not in charge. And then if you do that effectively, they're going to pass it along to the person that is in charge. And you got to get to know them. And plus you're getting practice and getting better at what your craft is. And, and that's the thing, though. So it's a numbers game. So um, if you're talking to that person and they're not the right decision maker, then how do you get to the decision maker? Um, you'll be able to have the – once you lower the resistance, they'll be able to pass you along or call the manager in or at least set up a, a meeting or appointment. No, uh, you can ask them too, right? So where's – you might say, uh, so who normally makes decisions on this? Well, that goes to our maintenance department. Where's that? Oh, that's over three buildings down or something. Yeah. Sometimes you'll run into that. Uh, other times, what, what else see? Um, so, I mean, sometimes they'll spiel everything to you, right? If you keep asking questions once, but you're saying this first establish 
that relationship, that rapport, talking about let them talk is what you're mm-hmm. saying. Absolutely. And especially, uh, you know, you're selling yourself. And so it's based on your personal brand. And so when you approach them and get to know them and you have confidence in your own personal brand you've created for yourself, uh, then they'll generally, you know, start to understand or get the vibe that, you know, we not, might not need this guy's business, but if we're going to do business, it's probably going to be with this guy. Yeah. So we should at least, you know, get to know the manager, get to know, set up a meeting. It's because this isn't something they were expecting. They didn't want, they didn't want somebody to walk in and um, sell them a roof today. But if they're going to buy a roof down the road, you know, it should be with me. And that should be your mindset going into it. Now, what if there's a, a company that does know, I mean, well, basically, maybe you've done your research and you feel like this company really does need a roof and they're saying no. Uh, what are some of the reasons why someone would say no? And how do you get to, them to turn around and say, yeah, I want you to go ahead and look at this. Maybe they're, yeah. they're scared about maybe the financial situation that they're in or something. How do you get around those objections? Yeah, you know, finance is definitely probably one of the number one reasons. Um, you have finance, you have somebody uh, thinking they don't have any problems or um, or think it's a more of a repair issue than a greater issue. So best thing to do is definitely be professional as far as like when you do your roof inspection or report. And so when you get into those meetings and they have the reasons why, you have all this documentation of what's really going on with the roof and you can explain um, the situation to them in a way that they can understand and that makes sense to them. And so when you're able to um, convey all those thoughts you have um, about their situation, then they're able to more uh, effectively understand your solution to those problems. And if, especially if it's, even if it's financially though, like you have to let them understand that these are issues they need to take care of and be proactive for their business. And if you're you know, a successful business owner in a commercial field, then most of the times, you know, you always budget for uh, building repairs and a building maintenance and your roof from the day you, you have your building. Yeah. Because, you know, these are issues that are going to have to be solved um, at the end of the day. I can't imagine how many times, I'm trying to think of how many times that we talked to someone that just had got bought a commercial building and it's like they have no idea how expensive it is. Yeah. It's like, go do your research. But majority of the people that own these buildings, they know the cost of roofing, mm-hmm. that, that it's going to be expensive. And they, they already maintenance, they, they have a maintenance budget for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and also they don't know, you know, commercial roofing, there's a lot of different options you have to solve the problems. So, you know, he might not be educated on the number of solutions that your company may have or take care of that effectively. If he's looking for more of a cost-effective means, and uh, even if it's a lower warranty, you know, there's issues, you know, you have to bring up. Because, you know, you're always trying to sell the Rolls Royce, obviously, is what you want to sell. Yeah. But, you know, some people that might not fit their, fit their means. Or, you know, maybe they're like, well, dude, I'm going to sell a building in a few years. So if they're going to sell a building in a few years, then you should look for a manufacturer that has a transferable warranty, and that can be part of your sales pitch. There you go. So even even the manufacturer you're choosing can really mm-hmm. help to uh, uh, scope or scope the the way your pitch is going to be handled with that person too. Basically, Absolutely. those those things. So, is there any other advice that you can give this group uh, when it comes to cold calling? For cold calling, uh, just be uh, it takes all perseverance. Perseverance. So um, so get out there and uh, just uh, you have to you have to go hard in it. 
and you have to believe in yourself and believe in what you're selling. So when you go out there and do that and um, you perfect your pitch and you feel comfortable, then you can't be discouraged or let down because, listen, you know, you can, you can knock on doors for a whole month and then you sell a million dollar job. There you go. Job. So it's like, oh, I got nine, rejected 90% of the time this month. Well, congratulations, you just sold a million, uh, million dollar job. <laughs> That's awesome. And you're developing relationships along the way, which you get to pick and choose. Now, did we mention also how many, maybe how many doors you'd have to knock on per day doing this, this kind of technique uh, to get? What, what, what should be their goal? Uh, what I found, like, you know, obviously your goal is that you want to get on, um, be, at least be able to get on the roof to uh, assess if there is any issues because, I mean, you just don't know. So your whole pitch should be involved into just getting on the roof. That's all you're worried about. You have to find out. You haven't want to waste your time. Don't sell something. yourself right then and there. Just ask them to get on the roof first. Just give them a gist. Absolutely. I mean, you just want to be able to get on the roof. So like I found that if you have, um, you know, if you at least uh, you know hit thirty, you know maybe you know at least thirty, 30 go for thirty buildings a day. Are you serious? So you that hit. many? Wow. And so uh, thirty, if you uh, do one hour four. Then you know you get their five six buildings a day. They can get on the roof. And if just one of those, uh, if one of those buildings has a problem, then you can develop a contract, and that's one sell a day. Wow! And then at the end of the week or at the end of the month, you're going to see that you've been on this many roofs, and then you can look at your conversion rate, right? So you can see how many of these roofs convert. But once you get past that first couple, it's it's easy. You can get the rejections because you know there's going to be a yes coming. So that's cool, Micah. Thanks so much for being on the show. This so is glad great. to be here. So that's it. That was a great interview with Micah Hackney. But now it's time for Did You Know? Did you know that on January 8th, Roofing Business Builder will be hosting a mastermind program that will help six roofing companies to build their 2021 mission plan. Now again, this is limited to six companies. Of course, that includes a plus one. And that will be held on January 8th. Now, if you're not one of the companies selected to be a part of this program, then uh, there'll be a, a virtual option for you that you can actually uh, go in, subscribe, and, and watch the seminar that happens there. So that's going to be available to you uh, starting January 8th. So if you're interested in being one of those six selected companies, uh, please go to roofingbusinessbuilder.com and register. And also remember, I don't always consult in commercial roofing, but when I do, I make millionaires. Stay wealthy, my friends.